Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Amanda. Hi, I'm Michael. And we are... Chipmunk Movies! Woo! Uh, I'd just like to thank you to... Um, I was talking to Miriam the other week, and she said how much she enjoyed the show. So thank you very much for your kind comments about our show. Uh, so... Your track record and this is not very good, Michael. Are you sure it's Miriam? Well, I make one mistake, you know, and you hold it against me. <laughs> All right. Um, Miriam, if you want to correct him, uh, you can contact us on Jim at movies at gmail.com or movies underscore Jim on a Twitter. So if he's wrong, let us know. <laughs> right, very good. Yeah. So apologies for the delays. It's been ages since we've been here, but the just everything kept happening. But yep. we're back. We're, we're back. back with Avengers. The sun is shining. Sun is shining. Summer's on the way. So here's another podcast. And we're going to start off with the great dictator, John. The right. This is my third, third Charlie Chaplin movie of the list. And unfortunately, the last. Um, but we're kind of keeping the best for last with this one. Um, so this is his first speaking movie because we've already done... The wonderful City Lights, which I think I was the only one that loved it, mm. and the magnificent Modern Times. So now we're on to The Great Dictator. Um, so this is a break of tradition for Chaplin. He, he kind of broke his own rules where he didn't want to have a talkie, and he has the talkie movie. Um, this movie was made, it, it centered, it's a it's a parody of, war, of World War Two, but it was made just at the start of World War Two, before the U.S. had entered the war. So uh, I'm not going to kind of give any spoiler alerts here, um, but it's a it's a it's a real piss take of Hitler and Mussolini, and that's the the basis of it because he plays two roles in this movie. He plays the role of our lovable tramp um, character, but it's not actually the tramp, but it's in all essences looks like the tramp, walks like the tramp, doesn't talk like the tramp because the tramp never <laughs> talked. Um, but then he also plays the, the dictator and the dictator has the Hitler moustache and has the, the, the Nazi uniform and everything is kind of a spoof on Nazi Germany and the Mussolini. And for me, this is just amazing and so brave to take on you know this evil regime and he took it on and he just ridiculed it and i just mm -hmm. found that amazing you're watching it and it's really hilarious the way he 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 ridicules um hitler and he ridicules mussolini um it's they, they speak about concentration camps they speak about all the horrors that were going on at the time and it, it really is like you can see the kind of the, the Jewish people being persecuted and moved into the, the ghettos. Like it's a real reflection of what was happening with kind of comedy undertones, but a real serious message. If I'm kind of portraying that right, Michael would probably do a better job explaining it than I am. <laughs> but it's if you think about Chaplin at the time, he was the biggest movie star in the world. So whatever he was doing would carry a lot of weight. So for him, in my opinion, for him to go and make a movie like this was so brave. And I don't think it has been equaled. I, 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 I've never seen anybody go after power in this way before in a movie. 
Um, it's just it, it was it just amazed me. Um, it's hard to like the, the story is a, is a really good story about persecution, about the downtrodden, about the evilness of you know far right regimes and dictators and things like that. Um, and the first time I watched this movie, I literally bawled my eyes out at the end. There's the 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 it, it all kind of builds up, and there's skit after skit after skit, and it builds up into the the tramp who looks exactly like the dictator because it's played by the same person. He he finds himself in a position where he stands in front of a huge audience in, in like in the city, and he gives a speech, and like it's hard to 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 talk about that speech without you know getting emotional because for me it was the it's one of the most it's probably the most amazing scene i've ever seen in any movie i've ever seen um i've seen this speech so many times i've read the speech so many times and it just speaks to a a a point of time but it's also so relevant to today and the things that are happening today and there's loads of YouTube clips just about this speech and, and you know, having people's audiences reaction of watching this speech. And it's really amazing to see, you know, people that have never heard of this movie or never watched this movie watch this speech. And a lot of people are actually reduced to tears when they watch the speech. And the, the effect this movie has on me is, is just amazing. Um, it. it uh, you look at what happened, what what happens, what's what's happening in the world at the moment. This movie is essential viewing. I think this movie should be shown in schools. It's 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 an absolute un, 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 undoubtedly masterpiece. I scored this ten out of ten. It's it is one I think the one of the most important movies ever made. It's very funny, but it's got a really serious undertone. It is just so far beyond genius. That's 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 what I would say about it. Amazing. I wonder because it was made in 1940, so really the war had only started. The war had started. He was he so. was predicting what was, was happening happened? because yeah. were concentration camps known at the time and was it a, was he, he was, educating people? I wonder. He, he absolutely was, and he was trying to get America to join the war. Oh right, oh. yeah. It was a strange combination of comedy and drama, really. It, it, there's a real. It was a very brave movie to make. Yeah, underneath it, there's. He's ridiculing evil, yeah. and it's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah, and it was a good movie. There's no doubt about it. What did you score, Jamelda? I only scored it seven. I was very nice. You, you, you're, you're just down on poor Charlie. That's what your problem. No, no, I gave the last one. <laughs> um, no, I had seen it before, so I can't remember why I was so mean to it. Maybe it wasn't as didn't give me such an impact the second time around or something. I don't know. But I mean, to make a movie in 1940 like that amazing. was pretty amazing. You know, that, you know, to show what was happening. And, you know, especially when people look back and say they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But I mean, it was out there. They didn't yeah. know what was going yeah. on. What did you like about it, Michael? I mean, I, 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 I absolutely completely agreement with John. Uh, <laughs> it's is just a fantastic movie. Um, there's several i liked about her i mean i felt it it was silly at times i had like the food fight and things like that but i think it wasn't just done for comedy it was just so how silly the whole concept 
of right wing fascism concentration camps was like and stuff. It was just a ridiculous thing. It, it it just shouldn't exist in the world. And they created this kind of silly concept and this silliness to show how silly this actually is. Yeah. yeah. It's only somebody can only make it up. And that actually to be real is seems yeah ridiculous. Um and, and they mixed all the silliness with serious moments in the film as well. Um there's one bit that we're gonna hang somebody on the street. I mean, if you, if you think that for any other Chaplin's movie, nothing so serious happened in any of those films. But this one I did, so it was still comedy, it was still silly. But then there was hanging people, and I thought that was a great balance. Um, and I liked the idea that they dropped the person, Charlie's character, in the middle of everything. So he didn't know what was happening. Um, he was just like, he's getting back to his normal life, open up his shop. Everything was used for him, so he he wasn't um, used to all the changes. I think we become used to change, like you know, gradually if we do step by step by step, um, all the um, injustices become the norm. But he wasn't used to any of those changes. He was just dropped right into the center of it, so you could see from his perspective how ridiculous everything was, and he couldn't understand it. Why you? Why can't I open a shop because I'm Jewish? That didn't make any sense to him, but everyone else accepted it. Yeah, that way things was now. So you could see from his perspective, and as the audience, we we could identify with him and how everything ridiculous was. Um, I was going to give this a nine originally, but when the speech came on, when I was just thinking about it, you know, just watching it, I go, this is a good nine anyway. But when that speech came on at the end, and like you said. It was just, you know, I've seen it a hundred times before, but it still gets me every single time. Right. You know, it, it's just one of those, um, you know, you know, moving speeches. Yeah. And it, we're not going to give any spoilers. If you want to see what the speech was like, watch, yeah. the, watch the movie. <laughs> watch the movie. Yeah. But even just watch the speech. Watch and the I speech. liked about it, um, it, there's a bit in the speech, you, you talked about technology pushing yeah. people apart. And if you think about social media, how it, we, we're separating, you know, we're, the technology is there, we're, we're all on our phones, we're all, you know, every time people go into work, they, they, you know, or have lunch breaks, people's on the phones, they're not sitting around chatting to each other anymore. Yeah. So it's still, you know, it's for a movie that's, you know, 80 years old, um, it's still relevant, but technology, how is it's creating this divide between us. So I, I had to give it a 10 as well, because I think it was just, everything was just perfect about it. Perfect. Yeah. And it, it, there's things through his movies, and you know, we, we we spoke about that in modern times around, you know, the technology and the 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 themes of modern times are really applicable today as well. You know, with the the march of modernization and the march of machinery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. AI and data, and it's the same conversations going on. What yeah, looking at you when you're in the toilet? You know, this. You know, it's, it's everything being monitored and watched. Something yeah. Has changed. You know, and with Charlie, with the with the dictator, that speech, the same thing. It talks about the the airplane and technology, and, and it's just incredible. Um, so this is a huge recommendation. If, if people have never watched the Charlie Chaplin movie. Uh, the, the three that we've we've reviewed, I think, just watched them in that order, and you can kind of see the growth. And it's just—I I was going to say the same thing because I was never really because if you look at my scoring, I went from the first Charlie one went to six, and it's eight to ten. Yeah, but maybe it is appreciation on the work that he does 
and you 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 know if you watch it in that order you will understand where he comes from his technique that he used and he perfects it with his time so if you watched the great dictator you might not enjoy it as much if you didn't watch his earlier work I, I, I don't know but maybe yeah I agree no. so we're going to close the book on charlie um in this list Bye bye, Charlie. You're bye bye, Charlie. He is not in all intents. We salute you. Nice <laughs> person, but genius, an evil genius is what we would say. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next movie on the list is, is Rebecca. Am I doing Rebecca? I you am. Are doing Holy Rebecca. smoke! So okay. Um, <laughs> you're not doing Rebecca, but you're. <laughs> okay. It's not Rebecca. It's not that kind of, kind of podcast. Kind of, kind of podcast. No, no, no. So I was given a warning. This is one of my mother's favorite movies, right? And when she heard that we were doing Rebecca, she was, oh, this is a brilliant movie. This is great. So I had all of this anticipation that, you know, if my mother liked this, I, you know, I, I've got to give this a, a good going over. Um, <laughs> I did not know what to expect watching this movie, right? Um, but it has a real gothic-y feel to it. Now, I love my, my gothic-y stuff. And my, um, it has a real gothic, dark feel to it, just... It, it's it has a real mood about it. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, black and white, great use of of shadows and darkness. I thought in this movie, and um, this is a, an Alfred Hitchcock movie, and it's wonderful, wonderful story. Um, there was a character in this movie called Mrs. Danvers, and she was the most sinister person I've ever seen on screen. And so the way she moved, she seemed to glide you know, without walking um, through this house. And it looked this big, huge old house. And it it, it wasn't, I'm not going to kind of give spoilers, but it has a kind of haunted feel to it. Things have happened in this house. Yeah. And you're kind of on edge and you're nervous watching this movie because you, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and this Miss Danvers character, she was just pure sinister. And she was actually like a ghost going around the house, I thought. Yeah. And it was just wonderful um this the story i thought was really good we can't really talk a lot about the story because there's a lot of plot twists in this and we've been given out to about spoiler alerts before so i'm not going to go too much into it without people watching it um but this is the movie that i'll never forget watching because yeah. it just was dark it was sinister it had lovely plot twists it had a great plot twist at the end um and it, it was just wonderfully acted um, it was Laurence Olivier and Joan Fontaine, just wonderfully done. And um, I, I scored this movie a seven and a half. Loved this movie, really, really loved it. I love that gothic-y darkness. It reminded me of the Dracula movie we reviewed, but just you know that kind of that darkness in it as well. The start is fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic! It, starts, it looks down the road, down to because the this house old is house, Mandalay yeah. And, and her voice and she's describing it and oh, it's just fabulous yeah, yeah. and you, you don't know what's going on i gotta say for the first hour i was kind of going what the even though this was all my list of movies that i always yeah. wanted to watch and i'd never seen it and i didn't i'm not really a um a big fan of no Lawrence olivia yeah 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 um but yeah the first hour I was kind of going, yeah, but oh yeah, Mrs. Danvers is brilliant. The the story, you don't know what's going on really. And the characters you think they're going one way and they're going another way. It's it's just something it's Hitchcock. Like you have to yeah, you just yeah. have to watch it. And that's why we can't um, the, really talk about the plot because yeah, there's the camera angle the, as well. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful. And the, the, 
the, the end, I, I, th I thought the twist at the end was brilliant. And I, I thought how it was it was portrayed by by Mrs. Danvers was just brilliant. And, yeah, and it's it's leading you. It's a typical Hitchcock. It's kind of leading you one way and going another. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know what to, you didn't know what to expect. And I suppose you think of old movies, you think they're just going to be A to B to C to end of story. Yeah. But no, it was very cleverly done. I yeah, I'm really big fan of it. What did I score? So I think we oh yeah, seven I think and yeah, half. I was seven and a half. Yeah. I was very impressed with it. Now, as I said, I always wanted to see it, so it did not disappoint me. No, nope, didn't disappoint. I mean, I I enjoyed it as well. I mean, I I think it was just a nice movie. Clever shots, cleverly told. Um, like you pointed out, Imelda, about the, the fantastic camera angle shots oh, yeah. that we used um, throughout of it. And it's one unfortunately one of the problems with the podcast that we we can't explain the camera shots and camera lighting and everything uh, lighting of, of, of films because we couldn't describe it out but it's because it's we really need to do like a youtube channel or something to actually show clips you know of, of these um the shots and stuff they did um the but bit i people to watch the movie you see well this is true yeah but if we could just show little clips <laughs> then you'll know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah just, just little little, little pictures of those, um, yeah. we're talking about. um the bit i when i was watching the movie um i didn't understand why he wanted to remarry um the character he didn't he didn't no part of it kind of explain it until towards the end of it yeah. but i always felt myself i was wondering why is he marrying her why you know it it didn't. I couldn't get into. It. I was going. It just doesn't sense. He's he's lost his first wife. Yeah. You know, he's remarrying, and he doesn't seem to be actually that interested in her. Yeah. Why Why did he bother remarry? But then obviously yeah. everything fitted in at the end and stuff. And like John said, we we can't give too much away about this. Um, but it all worked out. So, but for for my job, as I was watching it towards the end, I I just kept going back to that point in my head and I said, why is he bothered marrying her? And I said, he's not actually that interested. You know, um, I absolutely agree with you. Miss Denver um, character was brilliant and stuff. He just almost, like you said, he just kind of creeped into shot. You know, it was yeah. there, you know, you just there and then she peers around your back of your shoulder and she just like, speaks and then she goes away again. She, yeah, she wore a long, like, black dress to the ground. And I wondered, was there wheels on it or was she walking? Because she <laughs> just seemed so lovely. Yeah. It was um, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It is. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, when Father Ted used to have a TV show and they do the nuns. And it's the nuns just going on, on, on wheels. <laughs> exactly. exactly, yeah. Only yeah. she was creepier. Yeah, only only creepier, yes. Um, Laurence Olivier, uh, actor, acting was great. I think all the acting was pretty good. And uh, the only downside I thought of the movie and when I was watching it every so often that to do like a plot point something that's revealed to the um, the new wife and then they they'll go then they put the hand over their mouth and go oh no I shouldn't have mentioned that and it's yeah. like oh, okay yeah well I know you had to say it but the way that he did it yeah it's kind of you know oh no what have I said oh no I put my foot in it again and like, oh, okay um so th that I lost a few points for that I think it didn't if they could have done it um, written a story slightly better, maybe to so the if she found out these details, or else somebody accidentally letting it slip all the time. I think that would have given it a higher score for me. But it's still this a seven, so it's still good. Yeah, this was our first Hitchcock. Hitchcock movie, and I think there's a good few to come. Yeah. Um. So this is yeah. This this was a great start for us on our Hitchcock um, um, tour. Yeah, yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Now that we can go on journeys again. Woo-hoo. Okay, Imelda. So the grapes, grapes of, of wrath. wrath are next. So disgusted that this film this... actually wasn't about grapes. Oh, I'm afraid, no, no. And it wasn't, it wasn't that upset about it. I had, um, I mean, again, this is another movie that I always wanted to watch. I'd always, actually, I wanted to read the book and I want to read the book more than ever. And even if someone just describes the first scene, I always know what they're talking about. The Dust Bowl in America. And it starts off, well, again, we're not doing too much of the plot, but it's really, um, Henry Fonda, I was going to say Peter Fonda, Henry Fonda, he's out of jail and he comes back to his family, but they're, they're, they have to move because of like the depression and the dust bowl and that nothing's growing. And, but it's a really powerful story and it's the story of their journey, having their um, proper, their fruit pickers. And basically they have to go wherever the job is. And the, the people who own the fruit have total control and they can say they're going to pay them so much and pay them half. Like they have no power, really. The the people who are picking the fruit, they have no choice. They just have to go where they go and get paid what they get paid and then just move on. But it's a really powerful story. And there's a strong, the mother is a very strong female lead in it. And I was saying Henry Fonda deserved every praise he's ever received over the years for his acting. It was fantastic. Michael, you're smiling. You don't agree. I hope you're agreeing with me. Oh, no, absolutely. I agree. I'm just enjoying what you're saying. Yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. The only part that didn't do it for me is when they were doing the speeches, they were staring off into the distance, you know. Um, but I suppose... It is, that because it's a, a, is that because it's, it's more of a stage show? Like, it belongs Maybe. on the stage and, and you kind of get was, those monologues book, though, and all it? that. Yeah, it was, uh, but... Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to read the book now more yeah. than ever. And no, uh, it was it was a brilliant story and, and the characters were all well developed and they were, I mean, Henry Fonda was, I mean, the mistakes he made, he was, what's the master of his own destruction or whatever, yeah. the the mistakes he made caught up with him, caught up with him in a way, yeah, yeah. But uh, so he again, I can't say what happens. To him, but, yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's a really powerful story, and it, it was worth me the wait. Yeah, to see it, I just, I just loved it. It was very impressed with it, and um, I give it nine. Yeah, you well, were a little meaner, but I, I just, wasn't that meaner. I was, I was hooked from the start. Yeah. Now I gotta say, yeah, it's a, it's a period of history like that, that Dust Bowl nineteen thirties after the the crash and all that it, that I wasn't really, I don't, I didn't know much about. Um, so this movie was was a real education into what was going on at the time, um, and it's it's a really brilliant character study. Um, is that a John Steinbeck movie, book? Is it John Steinbeck? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it? it's just yeah. a brilliant character study of the time. Um, John Ford directed it. John Ford, right? yeah, and like just the performances were incredible like the acting in this was just amazing Brilliant. The, the story I, I wrote down that the story is really depressing and uplifting in, in, <laughs> in the same way um if that makes any sense and it's, it is a story about family like ultimately this is a story about family yeah. and how the family are just beaten down by circumstance and beaten down by capitalism and beaten down but they, it, it's, it really is a, a study of how they stick together, this yeah. family. And that's what I found uplifting, you know, that the family were, were together for it all and were helping each other through it all. 
Um, and it, it is, it's a great study of the time on, on how the, the um, you know, American capitalism changes. and yeah. all of that just, just doesn't work. And it didn't work for this family um, and how they were treated and how they were had to move around looking for work. And, you know, they kept looking for this kind of promised land um, and they just had to keep looking. Wonderful, wonderful story. Very, not, not as dark as Rebecca, but depressing in a way. Um, but just a brilliant, brilliant movie. Um, Depressing, but it's still, you, you want to see what was going to happen. You were yeah, still invested. Still, I, I, to, yeah. Yeah, I still thought like this movie didn't, hasn't dated. That no. was one of the things I, I, I like, because you, you could see movies that, if you, if you were to make a movie now about that time, you wouldn't be able to beat this. No, it was It was terrific. Um, so I scored this a 8.5, just wonderful, wonderful movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it as well. I think it's a nail on the head, John, about how how difficult life was. And the movie portrayed that and showed how difficult it was. And, you know, the struggles they had to do just to survive, just to put food on the table. Yeah. You know, not trying to be successful or anything like that, just trying to survive to the next day. And how... Um, as a unit, they, they work together to help support each other, but also how, like you said, the system, um, big businesses and stuff like that, just just at away at and stuff bit by bit. Um, um, I, I thought it was interesting to show how people how they could be treated. You know, if you didn't have money, didn't have a job, you were just treated treated as second classes. And um, I found it was slow and it was dull paced too, but I think that was done to show the kind of struggle. You know, if you had a faster pace, if it was quicker, it, it wouldn't, the impact of their lives and, and the struggle they have to go through and day to day struggle of it wouldn't have worked if it was too too quick. So I think he needed that kind of pace to it. Um, I found a bit that everyone asked about Tommy, did he break out? I thought it was funny. Every time somebody met him, did he break out? He goes, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> did he break out? No. Isn't at the start, yeah. Um, and, and that was good. I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was good how they showed people just accepted that's the way it was um, and everybody was in the same boat you know they all went to another town and everybody was like rushing to find out a job and all moved over there and it's just the way things were just the situation that they found themselves and there was acceptance of it of that lifestyle or that 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 way of life that I had to do um um and i thought it was you know even and they lost people on the way as well so i don't think it's too yeah. much but yeah. people in the family died and at one point, I have to bury somebody on the side of the street, uh, yeah. just on the road, you know, and any other circumstances, they wouldn't have done that. They would have had a grave, they would have had a mat, you know, funeral, everything farm. Yeah. But because of the situation they had, they had no choice but just to bury them in a hole in the ground, move on and carry on for the next day, because that's that's how life was. They couldn't didn't have any choice. Whether they couldn't even have time to mourn and, and pass. Um, the, the, the family member dying so it they was had to be in the next place for the fruit picking they yeah, had to be there exactly yeah they so they couldn't but yeah. you were really rooting for them weren't you like you oh, were yeah. so invested in them yeah. and when anything would happen you'd be like oh no don't 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 you know the poor mother or you just were so invested in them yeah, you wanted she was them really to talk superb she was in gone with the wind as well that actress who was she in gone with the wind she was one of the southern ladies was she the one that kept painting 
No, no, no it wasn't her. No. But it, you just rooted brilliant. for them. Yeah. You just rooted yeah. for them. They were all wonderful so good. story, brilliant yeah. story. And this, this is. I think this movie. Some of the movies we've watched have dated. I didn't think this one has dated at all. No. You, you could, you could relate in some ways to. You know, it, I mean, we, we, we weren't. We're not Americans, and we weren't there during the 1940s, or live in, in that part of America. So it's, but we still understand. You know, we're all been through times and hardships in our life, and we, we could relate to it in that way, and we could see. They, they portrayed their pain as they're struggling, so we, we could relate to it, even if we're not in that particular time. Did you get a sense, Michael, of this one? Um, I'd be interested, like the the kind of the the battle between capitalism and communism. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they were run out by capitalism, and they they found sanctuary in a communal government-run. Yeah, 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 and. It was. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was very clever. I mean, how? Yeah, I mean, because they're about why is there more places like this, and he goes, yes. well, you know, the guy couldn't explain, you know, why is there more places? So, I mean, it's, it, it's an interesting point. I mean, I didn't pick up on it at the time I was watching it, but now that you mention it, it's you know, it's interesting to see. Yeah, that that could be, you know, the capitalists, you know, just taking most of the money and just giving them only enough to live. Well, a kind of a communal shelter where everybody works together. Yeah. Share of, you know, so yeah. At the time, like what was going on in America and and across Europe. Yeah. That struggle between communism and capitalism. Yeah. And and I I found that very interesting. Just just there was like one section of the movie that was kind of touching on that. And I went, oh, that's 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 really clever. Yeah. It, well, it, it's a good point, and I, I like I said, I didn't pick it up on it, but it's it's it might have been, yeah. So, yeah. It, and if it was, it was very clever. Yeah. Okay. Point to the make on it, yeah. Okay. Now, World War Three. Speaking about World War Two times, World War Three might be breaking out now as we discuss I'm the gonna, next movie. I'm not going to talk for a while. <laughs> no, no, no. Discuss Citizen Kane, and let's just say there's two points of view, and I'm kind of neutral in this, so I'm just going to. I go just, last. So you go last, and uh, Michael, you you tell us about Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. Well, actually, what that you brought it up because I'm thinking for this podcast, I said I will watch it again, you know, to get a kind of more kind of uh, view of it. And I come to the conclusion that John was actually right on stuff about you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. I, I just think that, no, I'm not joking. Yeah, obviously, John, John's an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> um. So, um, so Citizen Kane, yes. So it is Austin Wells' um, first movie that he made. Um, he was famous beforehand. He did had a radio show, and um, so he was no well known. But he, this was his his first movie that he created. Yes. Was War of the Worlds before this? You know the War of the Worlds radio show. I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't confirm so it. So yeah. He was. He was on um, RKA radio for years, and he had radio shows, and he done War of the Worlds things like that from there. Um, so yeah, he's been known. He has like TV shows and things like that as as well. Anyway, so um, so the story starts off with um, Charles Foster Kane. He dies, and his final words is Rosebud. And a reporter is um, given the job of finding out what Rosebud means. So he investigates it, and he finds out. He talks to all the people that knew him, and he tried to piece together this. Um, his life and what what 
the final words meant. So we get to see bits and pieces of his life told from different people's perspective. Uh, so it's mostly, you know, 90% of us mostly would consider to be flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, I consider it to be one of the best movies of all times. Um, and it is generally considered one of the best movies by other people as well. So um, lots of people who um, like um, American Film Institution put it as number one film of all time. British Film Institution put it as number two best film of all time. Um, Sight and Sound magazine, which was like the holy grail of um, film students, is the best movie from put from 1962 to 2002 as one of the best movies of all times. However, if you go to IMBD, which is people choose their own movies and which ones they thought this one's the best, it was number 99. Um, Empire had as well where people voted in the best movies, that was number 47. Um, and there's even one website I put in like top movies, people choice, and wasn't even on the list, but it had movies like Finding Nemo, Braveheart, Pirates of the Caribbean, Batman, and Up on it. So we wonder why some film critics would choose it as the best movie of all time, and general population might not consider it to be the best movie of all time. Um, so this is my job now. I was going to try to maybe demonstrate why some people would choose this to be the best movie of all time. Um, and so I have a list of reasons. Um, so I might go on for a bit. So I do apologise uh, if we just want to fast forward this bit. You know, uh, you can do. Um, <laughs> So, one of the things I, I liked about it was the narrative structure of how it was paced, put together. Um, I know there's a lot of movies who've done this since, and TV shows, we used to, as we were kids, we used to watch Star Trek together, and there was an episode where it flashed back between different people's perspective telling the same story, Next Generation. So, I know it's been done before, but um, I don't know if any movie did it before that one, how they pieced it together. So it's, the quote I had here was this, uh, first of its kind, copied hundred times, but never equaled um, as a movie structure where it's done. So it's almost like a jigsaw piece, a jigsaw puzzle put together. So he talks to the mistress at one point and stuff, and he talks to his best friend, and they all tell a story, but all tell it slightly different, even the same events as well was happening. So you can see how people's stories might be the memories might be altered slightly different. So you have to kind of work out for yourself which one do you think has actually happened, what did actually happen all the way through it. Um, and you even notice there was one bit of Kane's second wife. Uh, she was working on a jigsaw puzzle um, towards the end of the film and piecing things together. So it's kind of maybe a metaphor for yeah. the film, how the reporter is piecing things together, trying to work out the whole picture of Citizen Kane, uh, uh, Foster Kane's life. Um, the framing in this movie was amazing. It was just every shot was just a work of art. If you pause that movie at one point, any point during that movie, that in itself would just be a fantastic image that you could just analyze and, and work out. Um, every single position, every lighting, every um, angle, everything was just done to perfection frame after frame after frame after frame as well. There was nothing in there you could say there wasn't a good frame shot in there. Um, the lighting of the scene um, was brilliant. The way he cast the shadows and certain things, the way you just lit up certain parts of the scene as well, so that would be your focus of attention. Brilliant. Uh, as we talked about earlier, well, um, 
you know, it's a shame as the podcast because I can't, can't yeah. show you these these passive and stuff. Um, some of the techniques are used to defocus, or use a wide angle lens and small aperture to focus everything in near and far. So normally lots of movies to just have the background and the foreground will be blurred, but everything in the, in the center where you're meant to focus on is in focus. Um, but what he did is deep focus. And so we had front and back all focus as well. So you have the whole picture. So because there were so many characters in there, you want them all to be um, on, in focus in the particular shot. Use lots of different techniques as well. Use rear projection, extreme close-over, um, overlapping dialogue. Um, all those techniques were all used and stuff in this film as well. And again, they've been done before when other ones as well. But I think we're just like an encyclopedia of all the techniques. If anybody wanted to find out how to make a movie, they could just analyze Citizen Kane and watch that movie and just realize all the techniques they've used in that one, how to make a good, a good film. Okay. I'm to start. It's still about ten percent done. It also spans multiple genres. I don't think a lot of people realize how many different genres are in this movie as well. So you got a very first shot. You got uh, a foggy hilltop and a castle on top of it. So it was almost like a, a, a gothic horror movie at the beginning of it. A rip off of Rebecca, you mean? What's that? A rip off of Rebecca, you mean? Uh, well, they came out the same year, so I mean, it'd be difficult to rip off. <laughs> uh, but it is, yeah. I mean, it is actually a rip off of other movies as well because rip off of Dracula. Uh, Dracula. Um, so he, he's copied every single genre and did all those film techniques and put it into one. Um, so we got the, you got the, um, his dying was rosebud, rosebud. So he, he become, doesn't become a horror anymore. It's now become a kind of surrealist experiment. Then it goes into a new reel, a newsreel. So it's a bit more like a, a documentary. And we're talking about Sanadu. Um, then it goes like a flashback. It's almost like it could be set in a kind of Dickens world, what you have, and stuff. Uh, you know, everything is in is is completely different world, and so it is how his life was beforehand. Um, and then it goes into um, we takes over the newspaper, it becomes a, a comedy show part of it. It's a political drama. It has dark melodrama. You know, it has all these different genres, genres all put together, and and, and he puts them all into good effect as well. So it's so each one represents kind of the mood of that particular film. Um, it has quotable one-liners in there and stuff that's still used today. Um, it also has a kind of underlying story about uh, failure, um, regret, uh, cruelty of time um, that he had when he was young. He, he showed a shot line and stuff when he was, the parents were talking about his future. He was outside window, outside playing mm -hmm. Uh, in the snow and his youthfulness and his happiness and all those things that he was and everything his life was being structured and what would have been his life if he didn't have those if that didn't happen to him if he wasn't given all this money would he become a better person would he become something good uh, because he was given all this money all this power it all corrupted him and he had everything that he wanted and you can see as well how his character has changed because he owned that newspaper and he wrote a statement about how we're going to tell the truth, how we're going to do nothing other but the truth. And we're always going to tell you what actually happened. And then you see over the years that he, there was a one shot when he was going to be a politician and he had the two newspapers ready to go, one if he lost and yeah. one if he won. 
on, you know, it was, you know, cheating at, you know, at the election, you know, so he, he knew how, you know, um, corruption got to him. Um, he could even see with his second wife that he was telling all the other newspapers saying how bad she was, but his newspaper was telling how good she was. So it was, it was you know, there was having this kind of, you know, it, he, he, he just kind of disbanded away from what truth was anymore. And he just, what he thought was true. And even though there was a scene a bit about the Spanish war, it goes, I'll be declaring war in Spain. Like the newspaper had that much influence that they convinced enough people they could attack Spain or not attack Spain. And stuff. That's how powerful. And it kind of shows how powerful the media was as well. Like Mr. Smith goes to Washington and stuff. If you control the newspapers, you control the media, you can control the people. So I had that influence part of it as well um yeah and um yeah it, it was just it was just all over just as kind of a, a great movie and stuff and i i've you know i without giving away the end of it all this time he was trying to possess something he was trying to hold on to something trying to find something throughout this movie and all the money and all the house and all the the xanadu and all those things couldn't make him happy Money couldn't buy him love, couldn't buy him happiness. You know, he was always searching for something, something more, something that he, he was trying to get. And, stuff. and um, yeah, I think if you enjoy compelling stories, films that use lighting and, and cinematography to enhance the story and, and flawless screenplay um, with nonlinear narrative, then I, I think a person would enjoy Citizen Kane. Um, and that, that's just my take on it. Um, so I, I'm done for the moment. <laughs> Mel, I didn't have any take on it. Uh, you got me on that. I just want, I can't wait to see John's reply to this, but yeah. I got to say, I loved it as well. I loved that it wasn't told like he was born, he got old, he died. You know, it was, it was true flashbacks and you knew certain things before they spoke. Like you knew there was a second wife before that they talked about the first wife. Now you knew that there was different futures you know what was happening in the future i love the way it was kind of not told from a to b which was really good the camera angles were good um i think the actors were aged really well as well i mean you didn't think oh my goodness they've made him look old it looked like he was old you know all of them they aged them well they um I, I know we find out in the end what rosebud was but i i don't think i would have known if i hadn't heard what it was i don't think i would have known from the movie what it was Unless I miss something at the end. But anyway, I really, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was good. I've seen it loads of times and I'd watch it again. John, let's have your uh, little I, view. I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk anymore. I'm just dying yeah, to see what's next. I, I agree with everything Michael says. Um, so, um, yeah, so, you know, you feel sorry for the guy. Money couldn't buy him happiness. We really do feel sorry for billionaires. Yeah, Donald Trump can't be happy. I feel for him. You know, like he just can't get his way. I feel for him. No, in all fairness, it's a the problem with this movie for me is how you started this because it appears on the best movies of all time. So that's what you're going into when you watch this movie. Okay, I'm in for a treat here. This is going to be unbelievable because it appears on the best movie list of all time everywhere. I think it's famous for being famous. OK, um, Mel has spoke about the actors age really well. I think you use the word actors in really loose terms there because the acting in this movie is atrocious. These guys had never acted before. Isn't that right? Like they weren't yeah. they weren't actors. Yeah, new actors. Yeah. Uh, second Wife, that was an like how 
and, and I know why he's doing it, but for me, a movie has to have actors like that tell a story. And you think about the Grapes of Wrath, that they, they told a story, and I was, I was, I was committed to the story, and I felt, and I wanted them to succeed. I didn't care for the guy. I didn't care for the character of Citizen Kane. I wasn't rooting for him. Um, I, 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 I really couldn't care what happened to him. Now, all of the things you said about the structure, I actually agree with. I agree 100% on the cinematography and all of that. And I, I actually spoke. Sorry, my right, no, I was just. Gonna, I was interested in his story. No, I wasn't. I was. I was curious. I, I've seen the movie three oh. times. I actually couldn't remember the story. Yeah, no, I did. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, it's it's a really interesting one for me. I, I spoke with my brother Mark after because, and the, the way that I would look at this as well would be to if we look at music. And there's another great podcast um, called uh, This Is Our Music. <laughs> I'll put that plug in. But if you look at um, music... What's the name of that podcast? Sorry, John, I didn't forget that. <laughs> this Is Our Music. Okay. Um, if, when we talk about... If you look at music, right, and that you, you listed the top albums of all time, okay, Sgt. Pepper's by the Beatles will always kind of appear at the top for all of the kind of the same reasons you, you, you kind of spoke about. Now, I love Sgt. Pepper's, but it's not my favorite album of all time. But I understand, Michael, why it would be there, because it broke all the genres. It did something different. It was the first time the album as a concept w was used and all of these kind of things where it broke the mold. It did all of these things. So I, I'm going to give you, I'm going to see to you on everything you've said around the structure, the cinematography, all of that. The the story structure is wonderful. Um, you know, the, the the chomping back and forth, the jumping back and forth. I think all of that is absolutely spot on. It's really interesting. It's a really interesting watch, right? But it doesn't capture my attention because I'm not, I just don't care about him as a character. He just doesn't interest me as a person. I don't feel sorry for him. His hero's journey, I don't think there is a hero's journey for me. Um, it's not a compelling enough story. I just never feel sorry for a billionaire. Just, I, I couldn't, I, I just see Donald Trump in him and I just don't feel sorry for this guy. Um, and from a, from a, a movie perspective, they have to, a movie has to have certain things. It has to have the story, it's not even a brilliant story. Um, it's brilliantly shot, and the acting—the acting is just not there for me. I gotta say, sorry, I mentioned Donald Trump when he had the two news headlines after the yeah, yeah. been the politician. That was the first thing that came into my head this time when I yeah, watched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. If only for Rosebud, I don't think this movie would be remembered, and maybe that's why it's very clever, because that's the catch line, that's the tagline, or the punchline of the whole yeah. movie. But without that, would anybody ever care about this movie? And maybe yes. that's the point of it. I don't yeah. know. I debate this. I saw this movie. Actually, Colin gave it, gave me the DVD oh, when we started going out. So 20 years ago, Colin gave me the DVD and I watched it. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is really cool. Um, and then we watched it recently with Kevin and Kevin switched it off. Kevin, <laughs> he just gave up. Yeah. Um, what movie? Kevin won't watch it. Yeah. I've watched it a few times. And every time I've watched it, my score goes down. 
Oh, and not like us. It. I still like it. But I understand, Michael. I really do understand why it's there. And I think it's there for the same reasons as Sgt. Pepper's is always the number one album of all time, or why from a TV series like The Sopranos or West Wing is always number one or, or something. Like, I get all of that. I do understand that. But I think for me, a movie has to be more. It just doesn't capture me at all. The story just doesn't. It's not something I can fall in love with. I know you're right about whenever it's referenced in. I mean, it's referenced in. We were watching Columbo recently. Yeah. It was in that. It is Rosebud that's mentioned, not the, the way the story but the, is told. Is that though. why it's really clever? Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. And yeah. I, I don't doubt um, Orson Welles as a genius, right? I don't doubt that. There's another movie that we're going to be reviewing in a couple of week, in a couple of podcasts, and I actually thought it was a better movie um, than this one. Yeah. Um, and this one just this one fascinates me because I don't understand why why it's the best movie of all time. Is it just because of all of the because of the? I, I don't think it's just because of that. I mean. Yeah, Rosebud is, is obviously a part of it, but it's similar to why I enjoy Sixth Sense. You know, that moment when you find out, um, yep. see dead people, you know, it's captured. So I think it answers the story, obviously, and stuff, but I don't think it's the, 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 the all of it. I think it's just a part of it that enhances that the story. The kick, you know, the, the punchline at the end of the joke and stuff is that part of it. But how they told the joke is what I think what makes the movie. Pretty, pretty good and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand your point of view and stuff. If not engaging with the character, um, he's not a lovable character. But I always felt that it's because um, it wasn't portrayed as a lovable character. He wasn't meant to be liked. He was meant to be disliked. And we were shown how money made him the way he is. So um, you could think of maybe in terms of um, Shinzo's list, you know, he wasn't a nice character at the beginning of it. Yeah. He was, you know, a womanizer. He, he, he cheated on his wife. He, he bought people. He made money from it. But he's, he, unlike Citizen Kane, when he went from being good um, to bad, Shinzo's list went from bad to being good and stuff. And that's the whole part. He, he never he never had his redemption moment for Citizen Kane. He never found his rosebud, if you like, and stuff. He never found happiness and stuff. He was trying desperately to get it. And not intro all the money in the world he could do it. He couldn't he couldn't become a good counter because he couldn't find his, his rosebud and stuff. And once he if he could have found the rosebud, he would have had his redemption. He would have realized his errors, his ways. And but that's the movie didn't end that way. It was too dark for that kind of movie and stuff. And then that's a part of it as well because you almost hold on, it's like watching a movie and he goes, If I almost got there, he would have he would have wouldn't have died, but he didn't. And that, you know pulls the house strings in that way because you're saying, oh, we just found it. He would have become a better person. But as the audience, we didn't get that part of it. Um, Do we care, though? What's that, sorry? Do we care? Do we care enough about him? Well, I mean, I guess if, if you like the character, no, that's, that's entirely subjective, I guess, really. I mean, I did myself. I guess other people did. Well, I mean, if you didn't like the character, that particular character, you're not going to invest in it. No. Yeah. I mean, he was based on a real person, though. Supposedly meant was. to be. Yeah, and that guy sued him, but he lost yeah. the um, yeah. trial of it. Yeah. 
Um, but make it more real for you? No, it, it, it didn't. And where do you stand on the acting? Because mm. like, it, it, we have discussed this before about his acting, yeah. Um, yeah. If I was just choosing a movie just based on the acting skills um, of these these new first time you know actors, uh, it wouldn't have got a ten for me. No, yeah. uh, but I saw the movie um, as I try to judge any of these movies. I break it down to every single part, and every other part was eleven or twelve. So even though acting was maybe a six, the eleven and twelve of so every other section of it brought that acting up. Uh, you know, movie that I didn't notice the acting. Oh, it's awful. No, but I didn't notice that. I think the story and the way it was told overrode. Mm. I didn't notice the acting. If you hadn't mentioned it, I wouldn't have known. Right. No, because I, I, I did uh, when I was looking at it, I could see some of them. The best friend thing, I don't think it was that particularly good for me when I was up the actor. Um, but I wonder about the fame as well, because you say saying oh, it's one of these best movies, uh, everyone rants and raves about it. But is it it's just high expectations of it? If you've never heard anything about the movie and just watch it, that might have been a different take on a movie as well. And the fact that it's considering to be the best movie of all time and it, it didn't live up to expectations might be in your reflection on it. I, You're I absolutely right. But I would also say that because it appears on the list of best movies, people want to like it and need to feel, oh, I understand that this is why it is. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of maybe, so, maybe I mean there is there's a movie that ranks one of the best movies of all time, and I personally cannot stand the movie. It's got The Godfather. I know loads of people love it, and it's on the list. It's been coming up for probably a couple of years before we actually get to it. But um, yeah. uh, people want to rave about the movie, and there's fantastic, fantastic actors in there and stuff. So unlike Citizen Kane, there's brilliant actors yeah. in there and stuff. I couldn't yeah, that movie. I thought it was just rubbish. Uh, I think that, and I think this is what we're going to get to because we all have, we're all looking for, for different things. And this is purely, I think, about personal taste, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're looking for different things. I, I, Mella, like, I'm always looking for the happy ending and I yeah. want the hero's <laughs> journey. Like, I want, you know, and you're looking for technique. So I can understand why this movie for you is like the holy grail. I understand that. It was like when we reviewed Man with a, with a Camera many months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you loved that. And I was like, okay, this is a this is a nice documentary and I could watch it for five minutes and it was fine. But you were seeing technique and you were seeing yeah, gosh, gosh, gosh. of the time, this is what the art of the possible actually is. And and with Citizen Kane, like, I, I understand all of the things that you're looking for. But it the things that I look for in a movie, it didn't have a lot of those. No, I agree with that. And that's what I said, I mentioned at the beginning of it, you know, the American Film Institute and the British Film Institute rate as number one, number two. But like IMBD is number 99. And this other website I went to, like they have Up and Finding Nemo and things. It's all great movies. I, I love these one of them, but didn't have Citizen Kane on the list. That was people's choice. So I wonder, yes, you know, if I if I'm looking at it more from a technical point of view, and people are just looking for more, um, you know, uh, for looking from from a different perspective, but they obviously might not enjoy it as much. Technical point of view, yeah, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I remember the first yeah. time I watched it, I wanted to like it because I wanted to 
say, oh, I understand why this is the greatest movie of all time. But every time subsequently I've watched it, the score just comes down. It's like every time I watch it, I lose respect of the movie yeah. because I'm comparing it to other movies. Like yeah. the start of the movie, we spoke about it. It was just like, okay, this is Rebecca. It is in an 80 years old movie as well. So, I mean, we, we, we've used to these techniques that we've seen over and over again, you know. So, it's, so the obviously, if you, you know, like the first time you might have seen, um, uh, you know, Metropolis, you know, and saw it in 1924. Yeah, we saw that big, huge screen, and we've seen, you know, the big cities and everything. But now we were used to that kind of stuff, so it's, it, it won't have the same, obviously, effect as well. And stuff, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely the Sergeant Pepper of its. its, yeah. it's, it's I mean, it's not my favorite movie of all time. I don't think it is that one. I mean, coming up the list my favorite movie is 12 angry men and that's just set in one room because i like the story more than you know there's no fantastic techniques about it it was just just in one room and just all it does is cut between i think yeah, the, story I think is the, important. the gender diversity in the movie michael is a disgrace <laughs> what's that i think that the gender diversity in 12 angry men is, a <laughs> it, is, it, is it is you know it's a movie of his time as well i guess yes um, <laughs> But I, 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 I hope Michael, you scored this 10. Amela, what did you score it? I think you scored it a 9, did you? You did. Yeah. A 9. And I, I, I went 6. And I, I really do think I was being harsh. But I watched it again. And I'm like, okay, should it really be a 7.5? That's about as far up I'd go. The way I would go about it, I always look at other movies and what score I get it. So, I mean, if you went with, um, I know, you give Rebecca a seven and a half. Was yeah. it better or was it better than Rebecca? I, I, I enjoyed Rebecca more. Yeah, within the lower score then. Yeah. That's, that's how I kind of judge my movie. Well, I've never seen Rebecca before. No, and that's it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah that, that is absolutely true. If I watch Rebecca again, would the score come down? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now that we know what the twist is. I think six, I, I, just, I just don't understand I'm looking at different. I'm just looking for something different than Michael is looking for. You're looking for yeah, yeah, uh, that. It wasn't a straight line. Yeah, story. yeah. You mentioned that. It was not very civil and and polite. And stuff. I think we 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 both saw from other people's perspective, and and we we can yeah. agree to disagree. Yeah. What people think because you know. <laughs> Michael and myself have been debating and back and forth about this movie as we watched this months ago yeah. and we've been kind of building up for this one. Um, I'd love to know people's opinion of it, um, but let us so know. So remember, Jim, uh, are you on Team John or Team Michael? <laughs> team Amanda, who's neutral. <laughs> okay, Switzerland. Jim yeah. on movies at gmail.com yeah. <laughs> or at Jim, I think it's movies underscore Jim for Twitter. And there's Instagram as well, so if you want to. I don't think we'll have time to discuss the last I'll two go today. on, let's do it. It's been like, you want to keep going? Keep going. I, I, the other ones be quite short. I don't think they'll oh, be. That's true. That's true. One more, is it? more. Two more. Oh, yeah. You just want to get off doing your, your one. Go on, Amelia. You oh, yeah, because I wanted to watch this movie again. I didn't Yeah, no, no, you're not getting off this one. Come on. <coughs> Top of Excuse up. me. Excuse me. Okay, The Maltese Falcon. Sam Spade, I think um, probably if you've ever seen any takeoff of a, a detective from the black and white era, this would have been the movie you would have seen it taken from. 
again lots of twists and turns again i can't tell you what happens in the end don't want to spoil that um i gotta say at the start i wouldn't probably have watched it if it wasn't on the list and i hadn't seen it before and knew that it got better but even when i look back at it i was trying to think of what happened and i couldn't remember i had to read it up again because i had forgotten what happened so and between watching it the second time and the first time i actually had to do that again because it was years so the story didn't stay with me mm. but i knew it was i would enjoy it um who's in it the humphrey bogart yeah and i don't know who the actress is there, is. is there first humphrey, humphrey bogart was... no 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 it was 1941 sure and mary astor um i gave it seven and I think that the start was jumpy and it was very predictable, but it really got better as time went mm. on and the story developed. And again, Peter Laurie's in it as well. Yeah. Our favorite German That's actor. That's what I'm saying. It's the first Humphrey Bogart movie on the list, though. Oh, sorry. On so the far. list. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, we have. Another John Huston movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, um, yeah, I, I when I stuck with it, I did enjoy it and I thought it was good and I liked the characters and again it was you didn't know what was going to happen and you were surprised by the end and I yeah okay yeah because you didn't know what to expect and so i'm was... going to change my score on citizen kane because i enjoyed citizen kane more than this movie and i scored this movie six and a half so i'm going up to seven on <gasps> citizen kane michael right i knew i'd crack you eventually seven right so we're, we're into kind of we hit the green on the on, on the algorithm but <laughs> i think this was a a topsy-turvy whodunit. Is that the best way it to was, describe yeah, this? It yeah. Was, yeah. Um, a real slow burner, but I was kept interested as I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know who to believe. There's loads of characters and you don't know what, you know, who's telling the truth or, or whatever it is. Um, brilliant performances from all the main actors. Um, really liked the ending um, with all the kind of twists and turns. And again, this is another movie where we really can't give can't away the plot. <laughs> Um, um, lovely, I, I love these long dialogue scenes um, and there's lots of talking and character development. I love all of that. Um, and there was darkness and light with the camera. There was, it was really that, good. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I gave it um, a six and a half, a like very decent movie. But again, like every if you think about a black and white movie, these film noir detective movies, this is, I think, the, um, the genesis of all of those movies. Yeah. And I think I would read the Sam Spade books as well. I oh, think books? There were, I think it was based right. on a novel, okay. wasn't it? Oh, I have no idea. No, I don't know much about this movie. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I enjoyed what? the movie. Hopefully you know a bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, in terms of what I've just seen at the hour and a half it was on, that, apart from that, the history of it now. Um, but I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, it kept my interest to see what happened at the end. Um, the, the framing, the suspense, pacing timing lighting they're all good um it, it borrowed heavily from german expressionism movement um so there was you know there was good shots in there um don't think for me i'm not a big um film noir detective fan mm -hmm. um, i never really been interested in those type of movies and and like we mentioned before like i didn't i'm not really big into westerns the westerns i've seen hasn't changed my opinions yeah. Um, but, and this movie hasn't changed my opinion on film the war as well. Um, and I, I, I think I, I was just watching it because it was on the list, and I was 
putting myself through it almost. I, it, it like yourself, Melda, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have watched it oh. if it wasn't on the list, and um, and if it wasn't on the list, I think I, I would have stopped watching it maybe halfway. Again, mm-hmm. I, it didn't, and en- wasn't enough in there to keep me going to find out what was happening. Yes, I'm glad I stuck with it though. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was good to see what the ending or what happens at the end. Yeah, yeah. it, it was. Yeah, it it was it was a struggle, but I mean, like I said at the beginning, it, it was enough to keep me interested going. But I, I, it was part of it, which is because it was on less. Uh, but I mean, it was acting like John said. It was it was brilliant all the way through. I mean, um, it was flawless in terms of filmmaking, but it just didn't appeal to me that genre. So. Looking at all perspective of it, you know, filming techniques and everything, it's grand. Like the six, um, but if I just 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 on on the storyline, I would have probably given a much lower score. Right. So I would I wouldn't have been that interested in it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the last movie um, we talked about is, is They Die with Their Boots On, which is another Errol Flynn movie. Um, so it is about. Um, General Armstrong, George Armstrong Custard, um, and he he plays this kind of rebellious soldier, um, and he's eager to join the army and become become as um, become like a, a general, um, and he wants to join the civil war, and during the war he wins a few battles, and he gets promoted and all this, and then after the war is ended, he's kind of. Um, He's assigned to um, this outback area um, where he has to make a deal with the Indians, the, um, the Sioux. Uh, and he's quite honourable, you know, the film portrays him being quite honourable and, you know, to make a pack. But because of corruption and everything else that's happening, he has to go and fight um, the, the Sioux Indians and, and fight Sitting Bull at Bighorn. So I think lots of people kind of know... Especially if you're Americans, you probably know a lot about General Custer and the Battle of the Big Horn, things like that as well. So, um, and Errol Flynn was a big movie star, so obviously he's played this kind of um, Robin Hood character. So he's obviously, you know, he can bring the audience in. Um, I didn't particularly care for this movie that much. Um, again, not knowing that much about General Custer and stuff, but um, it seemed, and, and even though they portrayed him as being. Um, not all that great and stuff, and has many faults. They still portray the kind of Western world. Um, I say, I say Western world. I mean the um, the the Washington the government. That part of it has been, you know, um, the winning side of it. Even though there's corruption and that stuff, and and John Custard. I I I think the movie maybe a bit of a false representation of actually what happened that particular time and stuff. But if we just based it just in the movie. Um, it seems Custer in a good light. Um, he didn't want to do, he didn't want to fight the Indians, but he had to because of he fought for the for the North against um, you know slavery as well. So we always can portray them as being quite honourable, quite noble, um, and not entirely sure how history, um, rep- you know, uh, the reality of all that. Um, so that's kind of always playing in my mind how actually he's been really portrayed. Um, in compared to the film, uh, but it started off okay. It made me laugh a few times at, at the bit when the um, relationship um, with his um, I, I forgot her name, but always played by the same person. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so we play with that, and it was just a bit of a rom com part of it. It was okay. Um, like I said, didn't show Custer wasn't great, had fault. It was entertaining enough. The battle scene it gave it an extra point. Uh, I think it was it was outdated though. It's, it's another movie, as we talked about before. It was of his time, I guess. It's 1941. Um, he's playing the same type of role again as kind of Robin Hood um, yeah. characters that we, we talked about before. Um, so. Um, it, it's, it's a fl- another kind of flawless movie in terms of techniques. Um, it, it made a few laugh. The battle scene was very good, so I gave it a five. But if I was just judging this just on representation, I probably would, I would have given a much much lower score. For I did not like this at all. For me, it was kind of a movie of two halves. The first half, he was like this cheeky chappy, um, who was the last in West Point in the with all the exams and whatever they did, he was last. And then somehow through a mistake, managed to become general in the Civil War and become a hero. So he went from being a bumbling, no good uh, West Point cadet to suddenly this general who was brilliant at everything, which didn't fit in. So the the, the two halves didn't gel together at all. Um, I would have given it a higher score. If it was just a rom-com, I would have given this score and said, yeah, this is a sweet little movie. Himself, Olivia de Hamland, it was grand. But... Um, and it seemed to me like he was playing the exact same character, like you said, Michael Robin Hood. If and I've only ever seen these two Earl Flynn movies, so I don't know. Can he play anything else? Was he just playing himself? I haven't a clue. He normally plays the kind of swashbuckler character, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, Captain Blood and all those ones. Yeah. I haven't seen any others, so to me, the Earl Flynn or the Robin Hood character and this character were the same. I didn't get. If he was wearing green tights, it would have been, but it would have been the same person. Um, I was saying, I suppose we're all heroes of our own story, but even this was over the top completely. I mean, if you even took the, the truth out of it, it was still too sugary. And, and as the movie went along, I just lost more respect for it and it kept going down and down. And if the movie had been any longer, it would have been minus <laughs> at this stage. Yeah. I just, um, especially even when they did things like Custer didn't want them going into North Dakota because of the 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 goal. They didn't want the Indians being attacked and it was he was against them finding out about the gold in the, the Black Hills. When the truth was in reality, in real life, he was the guy who told the people that there was gold in the Black Hills. That was his d- decision in real life. And I suppose knowing a bit about him, watching this just like, what the hell are they doing? And then it was the saying that the bit the fact that it was split into two different halves and that it was just over the top of how good he was and I just thought oh no 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 it just got worse and worse as it went along for me and um, there was one funny bit at two hours and one minute and 52 seconds if you watch it it looks like the horse is talking that's about the best part of it I just no it did nothing for me yeah this was I don't know why this movie's on the list this one of the worst movies we had to watch this over two nights we had to break it up Um, maybe that's why I thought it was two parts because it just it it didn't seem to jazz together it was over sentimental Mm. I wrote down that it was just Robin Hood on the Great Plains Um, (laughs) it was awful Um, everything was just sugar coated Um, I I know a bit about the the, the history I, I I'm a huge. We were, at, we were at in the Battle of Little, Little Bighorn. So we've done all of the trails, and I've read all the books, um, and we would have traced the steps of the Sioux for the battle, and we did all of those tours because um, 
you know, I, I love all of that Native American history and I, I kind of gravitate towards it. And then like I was saying to Mella, like this is like sugarcoating some some evil person and, and making him a hero. It's just it just jarred with me so much that this guy was involved in like this genocide and they're making this movie about him as this lovable rogue. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and it, it, it's so, like you said, Michael, the movie's really dated. Um, it, it's really of its time. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just dated. I don't, I, like for the love of me, I don't know why this is on the list. I scored this two and a half. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, and I, I only gave it two and a half because we saw them all die at the end. And that's not, that's not a spoiler alert, right? This is the Battle of Bighorn. It's a big horror. We all know that they all died. And that's why I gave it two and a half because at least then we knew the movie was going to end. But I do think in real life it was his wife that promoted him after. It must have been. It was, I mean, I think she wrote books about him. It was she that did. So it was, Uh, it was based on what she said, then you could understand. Yeah, yeah. but but, but from all accounts that he had no time for the Native Americans and all of that. And, Mm. you know, he wanted to go out and and just purge the plains. Um, So... It, it, it's it's an awful awesome movie. It's an awful. Awesome. I think <laughs> even if I didn't know Custer's story, I still thought it was it was too sweet for me. It was too yeah. It was too. awful. It was just yeah. And it it, it told nothing of it, yeah. it, it nothing like the frontier is an amazing place and there's amazing stories from the frontier. This movie represents nothing of the era, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, about the era, and hopefully there's movies coming up that will represent this in in, in much better detail. Um, this was just awful, just <laughs> awful. <laughs> anyway, yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> um, and I, I do watch I, it. Hopefully, this is the last Errol Flynn. I said that I did enjoy Robin Hood. I enjoyed Robin Hood. Errol Flynn. I don't know. I don't, just don't but get I, this I can't judge him because I haven't seen other movies, and yeah. maybe. It just happened that these two characters were similar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or he approached them similarly. I'm not sure. I'll have to watch more before I Why do you think this is on the list, Michael? This confuses me. Uh, I think in terms of what we said about being of his time. So the list is, you know, 1940, 1941. I mean, um, people would have wanted to see this type of movie. So you could have, you, it's like that bit when they, they re-release all the, the original Tom and Jerry movies. And they had the the nanny in there because they took those out and replaced them with um, um, not having the nanny in there and stuff. Having because um, like, all it was was a kind of stereotype African American woman in those clips, and they took them out in the sixties and seventies because it was kind of misrepresentation. But they re-released them maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, and the reason that we released them saying that this was a picture of what people saw things at that particular time. So 1940, the probably American um, wanted heroes, you know, had this kind of idea of the American being, yeah. maybe, um, you know, the, the, you know, um, the one, the evil people and stuff. So it is a kind of a, a picture, a window of how Americans would have felt at that particular time. Perhaps yeah. that's why I was on the list and stuff. So we we can look at now eighty years later and go, okay, there's a misrepresentation. Obviously, you know, knowing the history, it wasn't accurate, but we we can use it and see how how Americans might have felt at that particular time. And so if you think of any of those kind of movies, you go through like 
in the 60s, you know, who's coming for dinner and things like that. It shows a kind of reflection of how society was changing, you know, through through the years and things like that and stuff. So it's it's those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. So this is this was like you said, a movie at that particular time, and that's maybe why it's on the list. Not for techniques of 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 storyline, but for uh, like a window into the the, the views of certain people. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, maybe they needed some uplifting story because, I mean, I suppose 1941, they had all the war in Europe and all that. Yeah, I agree, right? Yeah, maybe the hero and stuff. But you think of like maybe like Star Wars because there's nothing about why Star Wars was so successful because it came after the Vietnam War when lots of people needed like those kind of hero stories. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. why the reason why it was so successful. Maybe this was the. Same reason, you know, if a product of time he came out five years later, ten years later, it it, it wouldn't have been on the list. I mean, so. Yeah. Was, well, and we well anyway, that's that's it for this evening. We survived the Citizen Kane. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's civil, I thought, Lance. So I thought we were very good. Yeah, it was very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're still friends, Michael. We're still friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we, no we, can talk, we can still talk. We can still talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we are in different countries. So we're safe. Yeah. So the <laughs> yeah. next movies, we move on to the best Orson Welles movie, um, The Magnificent Ambersons. <laughs> Just needed to throw that in there, Michael. So The Magnificent Ambersons, um, Casablanca, probably a movie nobody's ever heard of before, but we've kind of talked about that. Um, to be or not to be, um, the life and death of Colonel Blimp. Um, spoiler alert, if you think that they died with their boots on was bad, wait until you hear the reviews <laughs> of this one. And then Les Enfants de Paradis. And then we might get into a matter of life and death, which we were only talking about again today, Michael. This movie, A Matter of Life and Death, if we get to it the next time, has stuck with me. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, completely, it completely wasn't wasn't prayer for and stuff. It it's so um threw me off completely off balance and stuff how, how good this movie was and stuff. I just didn't didn't get it. You know, I didn't realise yeah, parody will have to be all you Michael because we have we have not been able to watch it now. No we might not must be a podcast, it's just my my opinion. I don't think I give a very high score if I remember correctly. We might leave it over then until we get to it. And then we might just come back to it, Mike. I think that might yeah, be the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we can't. Oh, we can just skip it if we need to. And stuff. It's not not more a big deal. But it's, um, well, we we can discuss that. Yeah, you can mention it, and then if we need, if we ever get hold of it, we can come back to it. How's yeah, that? perfect. But we'll throw it in there. We'll throw it I, in I, there. I tell you what, Mel. What we do, what we could have this bit of the podcast, and what we do is I just talk about it, and you go. I completely agree with you, Michael. Yeah, completely agree with you, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you're so right. You get the exact same score. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, folks. Make it up, though. Well, this has been me, John. And me, Imelda. And me, Michael. And we are Jim on Movies. Movies.